0: Welcome to the Housetop Podcast, the teaching arm of Oikos Ministries. Jesus said, Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Join our host, Terrell Aber as he teaches God's Word. Good evening, everyone, and uh, welcome to. Facebook Live, Oikos Ministries uh, puts on a teaching weekly, and we're going through the book of Ephesians. I'm your host, Cheryl A. and We'll be getting to our message in just a moment. Uh, we've had some powerful messages so far in this book. Uh, it's a great book, a wonderful thing to study. Uh, if you've missed any of that up to this point, you can always go to our website at www.housechurchesusa.com. And catch up on the the entire series. And there's many other things you can peruse through the website. And uh, I'm I'm certain there would be something there that would bless you and could minister to you. So uh, anyway, just uh, go to that website and check it out. So tonight, without further ado, I want to start in Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to read the same verses that we read last week, but I'm going to focus on just the last two verses of it. So if we could, we're in chapter 1. We'll start in verse fifteen. Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is three things the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So last week we spoke uh, concerning uh, the the revelation, the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and the revelation uh, or uh, wisdom and uh, revelation in the knowledge of him and that the eyes of the understanding would be enlightened that we might know three things. What is the hope of the calling, the riches of the inheritance and the greatness of his power toward us who believe in keeping or according to the same power which he worked in Christ when he raised him up from the dead. And this continues tonight. Uh, we're going to zero in on the last part of that. He re- the power which worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. Now what we're going to zero in on is toward the end here. And every name that is named, and not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Look at there. He gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And so in keeping with the idea that he put all things under Jesus's feet and they are being put under the feet of Jesus, uh, the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, says that uh, he will put all things under Jesus's feet. Also, Psalm 110 tells us that he says, sit thou at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. And so we see this idea that the, every enemy, everything will be put under the feet of Jesus. We are uh, certainly see, we know that Jesus said at, at his before his ascension that he said all power which in, in the, that word power there is exousia, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. and uh, that So go you therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age. So when we see all authority has been given unto me, he makes that declaration and that claim. Jesus has all authority. And so it says here, and he, he has put him, he's seated him above all principality and power, and might, and dominion. We talked about that last week, that this being part of the invisible creation. We'll touch touch base on that in just a minute. Again, we'll get back to that a little bit more. He says, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the ages to come, and he put all things under his feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. And so Jesus Christ is head leader of all things, and he's given it to the church. He is head over the church, which is his body. The church is the body of Christ. Now, in particular, the word church means the ecclesia, the called out assembly. Now, uh, the the idea we we just said, what is the hope of our calling? Jesus calls us, follow me, uh, come unto me uh he invites us this calling is, is to call out to someone for an invitation come to me and so he has called us but you know you know uh, i was thinking about this this morning he said you know when we were in school they would do a fire drill every now and then and they would sound the alarm and everybody in an orderly fashion walk out of the building and we were called out of the building because we were on a drill to do the fire alarm so we were called out of the building but then when the drill was ended, we went right back in. Now, the problem with the today is that the gospel calls us out of the world, but people go right back in. This is not a drill, folks. The, the gospel is not a drill. This is the re, real McCoy. He is calling us out of the world. But people seem to hear the message and then go right back into it, whether it be for misunderstanding, whether it be for lack of teaching. I believe personally it's for lack of the new birth and lack of discipleship. But uh, we could discuss that till the cows come home. But the fact is, the church is the body of Christ. It is his physical body today in the earth. That's what it says. The called out assembly is the body of Jesus Christ and he his head over his body. And so when we look at that very simple truth, we look at what church has been made to be today. And if you see what I'm what I'm about to present to you tonight, it grieves my soul. I have studied the the, the theme of the church all of my ministry for 42 years. I've done extensive research and and study concerning the church, in particular now the structure, which we have totally abandoned uh, what we see as the traditional church structure in our generation. And we just look at it as a, a false paradigm of. Uh, uh, now, there are some true people that are in that structure, but I believe God is calling them out in this hour. Come out of her, my people. We're in a ridiculous, uh, uh, humanistic, Romanized structure that I believe. Uh, Jew. I mean, Protestant, Catholic, it doesn't matter what you are. Everybody today, almost everybody worships in a false paradigm. I'm just convinced of it. And so you, you can't teach me otherwise. I've I'm, I'm, I'm settled this. And the Bible says, come out of her, my people. Now, we came out of that thing in 2006, shut down three traditional churches that we had planted. And now we're in house church. We've gone back to the relational model that Jesus built with his disciples. And they continued in their ministry until it was perverted in 317 A.D. by Roman Emperor Constantine. And then the nail of the coffin, the final nails in the coffin came from the uh, erroneous false teacher Augustine. And he uh, literally put theology to a false structure and it's remained pretty much untouched ever since, including the Reformation. So we can just uh, let's just lay that to bed. And so the, the bottom, bottom line is that the church is the body of Christ. Now, I want you to notice what he says. He's put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. Now, listen to this part. The fullness, the church is the fullness of him. Now, you let that get in your spirit. The church is the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, this is what I want to really laser focus on, the fullness of him. I want you to talk. I want to talk to you tonight about the fullness of Christ. And the fact is that when we see churches today and they've taken on so many expressions, most of it, almost all of it follows the Constantine uh, structure. Uh, the pyramid paradigm. I believe it's totally a Babylonian structure and it is condemned by God. That's what I believe. That the structure itself is condemned. And so when we see this issue, and I mean, almost everybody does it. And so we, we, uh, you say, well, you, you think you're the only one right? I don't care. I don't care what anybody thinks. I really don't care. I'm, I'm looking at what the scripture says and what history teaches us and how this how we got to where we are being cheated by a tradition that is a false structure it is not a biblical paradigm that we worship in today and i defy i defy anyone to try to say you you have to blend the old and new testaments to make this happen and i believe jesus delivered us from the old covenant we have a new covenant in christ but he says the church which is his fullness the church should enjoy the fullness of Christ. And now churches have become social clubs. They're no different from the world. The churches are paganized to the core. The churches, I believe, you know, the Bible talks about, uh, Jesus said, I am the true vine. If there's a, if he said I'm the true vine, then there must be a false vine. Jesus said, the true worshiper, will worship in spirit and truth. If he had to say there's a true worshiper, then there must be a false worshiper. Uh, it's obvious to state. And so when we start seeing the pitiful shape that most churches are in today, when I see them using man-made uh, uh, Walmart uh, business corporate structures to try to grow the church, and they make no apologies about this. This is not the fullness of Christ. Where's the anointing? And more so, where's the anointing getting into the people? We should represent in our own lives the fullness of Jesus Christ. That's what he says to us. Look, he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him. The church is his body. It's the fullness of him who fills all in all. Let me tell you something, folks. A lot of people going to church today who are not full of Christ. They're not filled with Christ. They're not full of the Holy Spirit. And this thing is uh, almost downplayed. As a matter of fact, it's common. Nobody even cares anymore. Who even talks about this anymore? Where's the fullness of the Spirit? Why aren't we pressing to see it the church is filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a great question, and we should look at this. And, and, and look, let's turn, turn to John 1, and let's start working through this. I want you to look at some passages with me tonight concerning fullness. John chapter 1. I'd love to read it all, but for, for, for time's sake tonight, I'll just Pick it up where we get to the crescendo here in verse 14. The Bible says here and the word capital W, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now we know he's referring to Jesus. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, this is he. Oh, is he of whom I said he comes after me is preferred before me and for he was before me and of his fullness. Listen to this. And of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace. Look at that. We have received. We have received of his fullness. He was full of grace and truth and we have received of his fullness. We have received. Folks, I want to tell you something. I, I just I am grieved in my spirit over this message that it's so many people who have had real encounters with Christ who have never known the fullness of Jesus Christ in their life. They're not filled with Christ. That word Christ simply means the anointed. Now, applied to Jesus, it is the anointed. And when we see Jesus filled with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, He was filled with grace and truth, not one or the other. He was filled with grace and truth. You can't take this and just make this a a, a bunch of doctrine or theology and just truth alone. I I, want to tell you that the Bible without the revelation of the spirit is as dry as, as, as a a math book. I mean, it's just dry. It's dry as, as you can get. Look, but when we take grace, the spirit of grace in the book of Hebrews calls the Holy Spirit, the spirit of grace, that literally the Holy Ghost has to reveal and use this grace. Grace is an empowerment from God to live these truths or the person of the truth lived out within us. You see, the truth isn't just a bunch of principles. Jesus said, I am the truth. Truth is a person and it's embodied by Jesus. Grace is a person. And 2000 years ago, grace hung on the cross. The empowerment to deliver us from sin for by grace are you saved. So it must be that grace is the means of salvation. So grace must be the cross. It's so Jesus died on the cross 2000 years ago and that grace is stood there in Jesus. He was full of grace and truth and of his fullness we have received. I want to ask you this. What have you received? Think about it. Did you just receive a sinner's prayer? Did you just receive? Uh, what have you received? I mean, basically what we do today is we say a sinner's prayer, maybe get baptized, maybe go to a few classes, uh, but we sit in church and we just sit there until we die. Isn't that what we do? What have you received? Where's the fullness? Let me tell you something, folks, when you get the fullness of Christ, you will not be satisfied with the existence in a in in just a pew. You cannot do it. The fullness of Christ, when the thing that filled Jesus fills you. Let me tell you something, man. It's going to change you. You will not go back to your old self. You will not just settle back in your old ways. You may not understand it right off the bat, but the fullness of Christ is going to move you. Let me tell you something. When he says the fullness, it means you have been filled up. We were empty. Look, folks, if you're out there empty tonight, you can be filled with Christ. We need the fullness today. Keep going with me. I want to uh, turn back to Ephesians and go to the third chapter. There's much to be said in the book of Ephesians about the idea of fullness. We were studying for the last couple of weeks, the apostle Paul's prayer for the eyes of the understanding to open. But he had another prayer. He also listed here in, in the book of Ephesians. And we want to start in verse 14, chapter three, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, I would assume bowing the knee is that he's starting to pray. This is his prayer from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that, the, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Oh, buddy. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him. Be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. That you might be full of all the fullness of God. I mean to tell you, God wants you full of him. Let me tell you, folks, you cannot be filled with the creator. You cannot be filled with the God of heaven, the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ who's going to fill you and you think you'll remain the same. Either we have. Dumbed down a message, miscommunicated a message, either the preachers who are preaching don't know what they're talking about, but let me tell you something, folks, when God fills you with himself, you cannot be the same. Oh, the world's waiting to see men and women who are full of God. In the book of Numbers, God spoke to Moses. He had pardoned the sins of the people and he said, as surely as I live, the whole earth will be filled With my glory, says the Lord. And if he's going to fill the earth with his glory, he's going to fill his people with himself so they would see his glory through me and you. Oh, we're almost shouting in the house. I know it's shouting out there in radio land somewhere out there. You better get your shout going. God is wanting to fill you with himself. The fullness, look, that you might be strengthened with might in your inner man when God moves into the inner man. Let me tell you, something begins to change. Your, your, your interests change. Your heart changes. Your, 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 your speech changes, your thoughts change, your actions change. I mean, God will change you. He will transfigure you. He will transform you in the inner man. He'll cast out your anxiety. He will cast out your depression. He will bring every mountain and uh, every valley up. He'll bring every mountain down. He'll straighten the perversion out. He will bring the rough man, the hardened thing and make it smooth. Let me tell you. God wants to change you with his fullness inside of you. God dwelling in. uh, You talk about Emmanuel, God with us. This isn't just ascribed to a certain few. I believe this is what God wants. This is the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all things. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ was full of grace and truth and he wants you as full as he is. Hear me. Oh, how much more the Holy Ghost will he give to those who ask? Some of you don't even know to ask for his fullness. Some of you don't even know to pursue more of the Holy Ghost. There's exceedingly abundantly more than we even know how to ask or think. This preacher's trying to tell you, ask and think. He's way bigger, and there's more. Oh come on, boy. <sighs> Turn with me Colossians chapter two, in keeping with this same thought from Ephesians. As I've told you before. Colossians 2 is like a companion book, almost a sister book to uh, Ephesians. Colossians chapter 2. Look at the ninth verse, if you would, please. Well, let me start in verse 8 just because I like the verse. I wrote a whole book on with this in the first chapter. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. Now, Let me just say, I believe we are being cheated. Somebody, I believe you're being cheated. You're being cheated in the pyramid paradigm of traditional church. You see, we're in an evil, wicked tradition that I believe God is going to judge and destroy. As a matter of fact, it's falling apart right before our eyes. Yet folks can't. The builders always refuse the way that Jesus wants to build. Uh, the, the, the the stone that the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. Well, I want to tell you that modern builders are still rejecting the way Jesus wants to build. I can't tell you how many people have started in a house church and man, they start out with a relational group and it's so wonderful. This is so good. Let's get a building. Let's let's curse ourselves. Let's validate ourselves with a world so the world will accept us and call us valid. I don't need your validity. I got something inside of me that validated me 42 years ago. And whenever the when, whenever I heard God's gavel fall in heaven saying not guilty and I was justified by grace through faith and the spirit of God came in and confirmed that I ceased to need men's approval. Something inside of me said Not guilty. Something else inside of me started crying. Daddy, daddy, father, father. Boy. I don't need your smile and I don't fear your frowns. I don't need you to validate me because I have one who has confirmed and affirmed and reaffirmed and continues to affirm me. And he's called the Holy Ghost. He is the fullness of Him who fills all. Oh, church, sitting out there, hearing dead sermons, dead people hearing dead sermons preached by dead preachers in dead churches. Oh, they just smell like death. Come on, roadkill. Come on, get full of the fullness of God. Pick up your Bible. Hallelujah. Look, let me finish. I just I didn't get to the verse yet (laughs) for in him in who Jesus in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Why does he keep saying this? Why does he want us to know that? We in Jesus was all the fullness of the father, all the fullness of the son, all the fullness of the Holy Ghost in him was all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you, me, you are complete in him who is the head. Why does he keep saying he's the head over all principality and power? Because we continually live in fear, in subjection to usurped principalities and powers. Let me tell you something about our, I, I'm from Louisiana down here in the Gulf States region. Man, I want to tell you, there is an over on authority in the pulpit. Lord, have mercy. You would swear that. The, the authority of the preachers on every page of the new covenant, the way preachers preach around here. That's my thought. That's my thought. If you don't obey this preacher, you're a Jezebel, you're a Jezebel, you're a re- rebel, you're a rebel. God will curse you. Oh, come on, man. Y'all are just so stupid. Let me tell you something. Jesus is my head. He's the head of the body, the church. And I don't care if you're a leader in the church. You're still under the head. You're not the head. We got one head. It's Jesus Christ. And there's only one I want to be full of, and it ain't full of a preacher. I want to be filled with the Spirit of God. I want to be filled with what you preach if you're preaching Christ. Hear me carefully. He is the, why is he, why does he continually put this in our spirit? All we're concerned with is politics and, and corporate structures and, and who's the boss and, and leadership. And oh my goodness, it goes on and on and on. Why does he continue to tell the church? We are his fullness. Christ is the fullness of the Godhead bodily in him is the whole enchilada and we are complete in him. Oh, somebody needs to hear this and be made whole. Somebody needs to hear this and be healed. Somebody needs to hear this and their mind be fixed. Their emotions be cured. Their physical body be healed. Somebody should hear this that the fullness of Christ wants to dwell in you richly. Don't you let no principality and power. Don't you let no doctor or some, uh, uh, cessationist preacher tell you it ain't for today. Oh, so much I want to so say. Thank you. The Holy Ghost is just holding my tongue right now. I'm just, a, thank you, Jesus. Oh hallelujah! Are you complete in Christ? You still are you, are you, are you in a YouTube song? Uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. What? What? If you found Christ, what else you want? You waiting for God to give you something else? No. Let me tell you something. When He said it's finished, you had all you need, man. You got Jesus Christ and His fullness filled with Him. Who fills all things, and He is the head over all things. Let me tell you what: Jesus is head over Donald Trump. Oh, He's head over Joe Biden and Barack Obama and 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 Klaus Schwab and everybody else who's a player right now. He's head over the media and everybody else who's in there thinking they got some deal going. Let me tell you something: when the, when the God who made this, earth, the whole world is sitting on the earth that God created. Ooh, bad move. Y'all built your world on top of his dirt. Oh, oh, and when he shakes it, your junk gonna fall. And he said He going to shake everything that can be shaken. So those things that cannot be shaken will remain. And if you full of Christ, you're going to still be here when all the dust settles. Shake, rattle, and roll, baby. Be ye steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Glory be to God. Whew, turn with me to Ephesians 4 one more time. Let's go back. I said that Ephesians had a lot to say about this fullness thing. We might visit this sermon two or three times. Man, I tell you, somebody out there needs to get full of the Holy Ghost. What are you filled with? Man, I ain't trying to talk about no Christmas cheer and no alcohol. Fill with what? what? Fill it with what? What are you filled with? Ephesians four, we're going to start in verse seven. Look at this. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended. What does it mean? But that he first that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens. That he might fill all things, man. Christ unfilled heaven. He'd unfilled. He he filled the earth. He filled hell. He filled heaven. He's just filling all things. And he himself, he himself. Who is that? Jesus himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till We all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Folk, if you're under someone's leadership in a church, And they're not bringing you to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. If they've never even mentioned this, if there's no thought of this, if they don't want you to be a perfect man filled with the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ to where you bear his image in the earth, leave them. Get out of there. They are devil. They liars. They're cheaters. They just want you to fill their building up. I don't know why. There's other jobs you could have, preacher. Go get a different job. if You don't want to see God's people filled with the fullness of God to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Maybe you preachers need to hear me. Maybe you need to be filled with the fullness of Christ. What's wrong with you, preacher? If you don't have the fullness of Christ, how will you bring them into the fullness of Christ? Get full of Jesus so full of the Holy Ghost and fire, so full of the power of God, you couldn't care less about the social events or, or 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 some Christmas program or some play or pageantry or some other form of entertainment or program. All you want to do is see every person in your sea full of Jesus. Come on. Measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What's that look like? What's that saying? He wants every man filled with the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He gave ministry gifts. For the express purpose of seeing the members of his body full of Christ. Turn with me to Romans 15. Verse 24. Whenever I journey to Spain, I shall come to you, for I hope to see you on my journey and to be helped on my way there by you. If first I may enjoy your company for a while, but now I'm going to Jerusalem. Did I read the right verse? Excuse me. I'm sorry. I started way too high. It's supposed to be verse 29. My, I wrote in hieroglyphics on this one. Verse 29. 28. Therefore, therefore, when I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I shall go by the way to you of Spain. That's what threw me off. I saw the word Spain there. But I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. What? Come on now. The apostle Paul said, I know that when I get there, I'm going to come to you in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. The fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Folks, we have reduced the blessing of the gospel of Christ down to bow your head. Say this prayer. Lord, I'm a sinner. Come into my heart. Forgive my sins. Amen. That's it. You got eternal security. Do whatever you want to live. However you want to. One day Jesus is going to come back and make you better. This is the most foolish affront that's ever been, uh, uh, uh put, put on the, the, the people of God since the, Roman Emperor Constantine himself. Let me tell you, something. this is foolish theology, foolishness at its best. Let me tell you something, folks. The fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Jesus Christ is way bigger than you bowing your head and saying the quote sinner's prayer. Man, it's time for someone to hear the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ's death burial and resurrection that he did when we when we proclaim his death, burial and resurrection, the resounding Holy Ghost would bring the fullness of this blessing. Let me tell you the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Isaiah saw it vividly 50 in Isaiah 53, uh, 690 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. He saw clearly what should be the blessing of the fullness of the gospel of Christ or the fullness of the blessing of the gospel. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him and by his stripes I am healed. healed. Let me tell you, the gospel is way bigger than what we've made it today. It's more powerful. It is a powerful gospel that wants to save you spirit, soul and body. There is for a full sanctification of the spirit of man, the soul of man and the physical body of man that he would empower you with strength that not only would you be strengthened with might in your inner man, but it would come from there and the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead would quicken you throughout your soul, throughout your physical body. Come on, somebody the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a blessing in that fullness. Look, man, I want to tell you, it's time to get full, but we've been reduced down. And you've got preachers saying all kind of foolishness today. Oh, no, that's not for today. Unfortunately, that quit at the time of the apostles. That's how they say it. too. They all talk like this. the same demon perpetrated on every soul out there trying to say that the gifts aren't for today. Hmm. You be careful now, don't you get that? that? You might get a demon. You mean like the one that made you talk like that? <coughs> That's a mighty funny thing that I was a demonized, dope smoking, fornicating, drug addict, fighting, drunkard, no count, cheating, lying cuss that I was. And I got saved and full of the Holy Ghost and got gifts inside of me. And you, said, you might get a demon. I've had a demon. This ain't a demon. He <laughs> never ceased to amaze me. The blessing of the gospel. Well, you don't want to mess around with all that stuff. It's not for today anymore. It just dried up and went away. Oh, I wish you would. <laughs> you're already dried up. Just go away. Why would you preach if you've got no life inside of you? What if you just want to If you, You're just going to crunch numbers for us. You're just going to give us the facts and figures. Oh, my goodness. Help me, Lord. Trying to stay sweet. Turn with me to Galatians chapter three. I can't get off of this right this second. Go to Galatians three. Start in verse 14. 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What do you say? The blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ by faith that the blessing of Abraham, might come on us through the promise of the Holy Ghost. What? That's a mouthful. But everything about Abraham could be solidified in one thought, that when we have the blessing of Abraham in us, That Christ, faith in Christ is going to get us the blessing of of the promise of the Holy Ghost inside of you. That is the fullness, folks. I want to tell you that is the fullness of him who fills all in all. All means all. That means everyone. You know, he wants to give it to each one individually because individually you're part of the all. But in all corporately, he wants us all filled with the fullness of Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. He wants a million little. He wants a billion. He wants eight billion little Jesuses running around in this earth. As surely as I live, the whole earth will be filled with my glory. You want to see the earth filled with the glory? Fill each member with each person with the glory of Jesus. That's the Holy Ghost, folks. Hmm. Turn with the book of Acts. If we're going to walk in this fullness, and look, the fullness just literally means you were empty and you got filled up. Filled up with what? What are you? You know, most people are just full of bull, bull only, or full of themselves. Tell me what we're filled with when all we can think about is going to the ball game. Think about it. Tell me what we're filled with when all you can think about is your participation in the world. Tell me what you're filled with when all you can think about is making more money or your own little family. What are you filled with? What are you full of? I mean, tell me, what are you filled with? Hmm. Pentecost. Hallelujah. Huh? I love this passage. It filled the house where they were sitting. The Holy Ghost filled up the house. Thank God they weren't at a church building. <laughs> they were at the a house. That's where Jesus wants to come. Oh, let's stand at the door and knock. Where? At your house. Come on. Open the door to your house. Let's let Jesus in your real life, not the fake life you live down at the church building. At the fake church building. Because my Bible said I'm the temple of God and the spirit of God lives in me. He didn't, he ain't saying, you bricks be filled with the Holy Ghost. No, he said you living stones. Living stones. They were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and, there, and it filled the house where they were sitting and there appeared under cloven tongues and rested on each one of them, tongues of fire sitting on their head, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with tongues. They, people, the people spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. If somebody would understand it, I believe so many of you have had utterance come to your spirit, but didn't know to speak in tongues. Well, that's just you saying stuff. I can hear them, boy. I just, uh, you just, you gotta talk in that voice. It makes me feel good to talk in that voice, because that's what they do. I like to mock them. Answer a fool according to his folly. I have that right according to Proverbs. Cause it's just a foolish thing. I mean, you might get a demon. Well, I might get the Holy Ghost. I did get the Holy Ghost. I mean, well, that tongues ain't for today. Well, so why am I speaking in tongues? Well, you got some, uh, that's just your, that's just you. Yeah, it is me speaking, but the Holy Ghost gives utterance. And if you weren't so fixated on dogma of doctrine against the Holy Spirit, maybe you could receive. Oh, don't, I, I won't veer. I'm staying. Thank you, Jesus, that self control is the fruit of the Holy Ghost. Because I just wanted to say some things right then, but I'm gonna, I'm going to refrain. Listen to this in Acts chapter four, verse eight, Peter was filled with the spirit. Now, didn't he get the Holy ghost in Acts chapter two? Now in chapter four, verse eight, he was filled with the Holy spirit. What he fills him again every day <laughs> as needed. There's so much more chapter four, verse 31 of acts. They started a prayer meeting and when they got through at the prayer meeting, they were all filled with the Holy spirit, What all oh, filled. Well, I got the Holy Ghost in 1924. What's happened since then? Well, I just sat in the pew. Maybe you could use a fresh filling. Hmm? We had some stuff in our pantry yesterday. I said, Diane, this has been expired since 2017. Some of you expired a long time ago. Huh? Your meat stinks. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Huh? No mold and dust all over your dead religion. Man, get full of the Holy Ghost. Look, the apostle Paul, Ananias came to Paul. I love Ananias comes to Paul. We don't see Ananias anywhere else in the Bible. But here he comes to Paul. Paul blinded a bat. He was blinded by the light. And he said, "Uh, Brother Saul the Lord has appeared to me and sent me to you that you might receive your sight and that you might be filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on. Huh? Now, guess what? Paul had the Holy Ghost. And look at chapter 13, verse 9. And the Bible says when Paul was dealing with Elamis the sorcerer, it says he looked at that lying devil, uh, Bar Jesus. He looked at him and said, oh, you... He was filled with the Holy Ghost and You full of the devil. But Paul was filled with the Spirit again. Some of you need to hear what I'm saying. There's a tiredness. There's a there's a, 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 a lethargic the uh, uh, spirit of slumber has rested on the churches today. The charismatic church, it used to be so full of fire and the spirit. Now we, they don't even hardly believe the Bible anymore. I don't know what this uh, emergent church foolishness. Man, let all them devils shut up and dry up and let the people of God get back to the very word of God and the fire of God. The word and spirit, spirit and truth come together and we see a mighty thing happen in the earth today. Some of you need a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit. People don't even talk in tongues no more. You know, when you start studying the word fullness, every, every time you study, I'm t- what, what keeps coming up is the loaves and the fishes the 12 baskets full seven baskets full now, i think the whole parable is, or the whole miracle was the miracle of fullness god wants you full of the bread of life he wants you full of the word of god he wants you full with all his fill, his full jesus wants you full of him oh there's so much we've left we have left so much on the table wouldn't even know to ask anymore. Oh, the fullness of him who filleth all things. I got to read Psalm chapter uh, 16. It's re- it's quoted on the on the day of Pentecost in the sermon on, in Peter's sermon on Pentecost. But I want to I want to take it right there from Psalm chapter um, 16. I'm going to start reading in verse eight. I have set the Lord always before me. I mean, what do you have before you? Now this is King David talking. I have set the Lord always before me. You see, God set Jesus at his own right hand. He is seated at the right hand of God. Next week, we're going to talk about it. Well, when we come back, I don't know if we're doing it next week. When we come back, we're going to talk about this. That we are seated with him in the heavenly places. We are seated with him. huh? We don't even see ourselves from that perspective. We don't know to even look at that anymore. Preachers got no more faith to preach this kind of stuff any longer. Hear me carefully. Look what he said. I have set the Lord always before me because he is my he's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices my flesh also will rest in hope for you will not leave my soul in hell nor will you allow your holy one to see corruption you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand or pleasures evermore what Man, Jesus at the right hand of God, but we at the right hand of Jesus and in his presence is the fullness of joy. Where's the joyful soul in this hour? Where's the joy of fullness? Huh? Let me tell you some religion will leave you a joy deficit. My Bible speaks of joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Let me tell you something. The fullness of joy, the fullness of him who filleth all things. When the Lord is before you constantly, when the Lord and you're in his presence, there's a fullness that you and I can receive. He wants you filled with him. I won't belabor it. What are you full of? Hmm? What are you filled with? Are you just filled with your church, filled with your religion, filled with your family activity, filled with whatever substance you may be abusing, filled with food, filled with what are you filled with? What are you filled? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. When we start talking about the fullness of joy, the fullness of God in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power and might and dominion. Hear me carefully, folks, tonight. I want you to hear it. We're going to have one more passage I'm going to go visit. Hear me tonight. Every principality and power on this planet is trying to beat you down right now, including the ones, especially the ones in religion. Turn with me to Colossians 1 one more time. And we're going to close out with this tonight. I remember in the early days of my journey, I was saved. It was so sweet. I was so glad to be happy and happy to be saved. I was just so happy. And I started hearing about the fullness of the spirit. And I remember just seeking the Holy Ghost. You know, you can still seek the Holy Ghost. Even if you got the baptism and are speaking in tongues, you can still seek to be filled. And some of you need that right now. Some of you, some of you, you're feeling the dust blow off of you as I preach this message. It's like, oh, I forgot that was a thing. Folks, I'm trying to wake something back up in you. It's called the fullness. The fullness. Church. Jesus is our head. And we are his fullness. He fills us with all of his fullness. Oh, it may be coming in measures and degrees. But let me tell you what. He wants you full of the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In Colossians chapter one, we'll start reading in verse, uh, I think, 18. <laughs> 15, I can't help it. He is the image of the invisible God. Who is? Jesus. The firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. So all these invisible entities behind politics, politics, And presidents and prime ministers and parliaments and all these things behind governments, the unseen thing that even makes these a thing were created by Jesus and for him. Now, the whole world has usurped these. I mean, think about it. The world has usurped these authorities. In the business and the corporate world, there's always someone trying to usurp the authority and steal the power that comes with it. It's, it's just what happens. You see, I believe the wicked one, Satan himself is trying to steal all the authority of Jesus. He can't. He'll try. Bless his heart. He won't. Watch carefully. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things. And in him all things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things by himself, to himself, by him, whether things on earth or in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Look at that. It pleased the father that in him all things should dwell. All the fullness should dwell. We are the body of Christ and his fullness is filling us. And we've stopped. Oh, I don't want no more. Whoever says that, huh? Bring out that fresh pecan pie. You will never hear me say, oh, that's enough. Oh, no, I don't want no more. That's too good. My mama used to say, "Too good. That's too good, Shaq. man. It's too good. Oh, that's I don't want. Oh, that's just too good. I don't want any more." The man, listen to me. There is an abundant supply of God's Spirit that He wants to fill you up with. Hear me, those who are in depression right now. God wants to fill you. Anxiety in the heart of man. Fear in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. I want to tell you a good word that will fill you with joy and bring you right out of the depression. It'll snatch you out of there like resurrection life, pulling you up out the dead. A good—I got a good word for you. you. Can be full of the Holy Ghost right now. Whoo! Whoo! He is the head of the body, the church, the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Are you awake from the dead? Are you alive? Or are you still dead in your trespassing sin? Man, God wants to do a work in you and fill you with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Come on. He wants to make you alive. He ain't trying to get you to come to a dead church. Look, I. I, I tell my wife this a lot on, on Sunday mornings we' go, we'll be go, we driving. I'm trying to get to where we're going because I like getting to church. I drive my chariot furiously because I want to get there. And I, oh, it never fails. There's hardly no traffic on Sunday. If you'll notice that nobody goes to church anymore. I don't blame them though. I wouldn't drive across my driveway to hear most of what goes on in the church. Brother, this one's going to be there. I don't care. But he's really a good speaker. I don't care how good he can talk. I got the Holy Ghost. I don't need to put on a suit and drive down there. But it never failed. The person driving looked like 30 miles an hour is like, man, I would drive slow too if I was going to listen to your preacher. I would probably take a right somewhere around here and just pull over and sit there. Do something I'd rather do, like put Tabasco sauce in my eye. Man, we have the fullness of the Holy Ghost. And we've reduced it down to what? Social clubs? Fashion shows? Welcome to the house of God! Fake? Skinny jeans? tattoos what give me the fullness of god's spirit god bless you get full of the hope there's so much more if you'll just ask him ask him for more and he'll reveal himself in you god bless have a great week we are so thankful that you joined us for this teaching today It's our sincere prayer that many of you would be born again through hearing God's Word. If you were blessed by this podcast, we would love to hear from you. For more information on Oikos Ministries, visit us on our website, www.housechurchesusa.com.